0: Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine
1: People. This podcast is brought to you by Native Grape Odyssey. Native Grape Odyssey is an educational project financed by the European Union to promote European wine in Canada, Japan and Russia. Enjoy. It's from Europe. This is the Italian Wine Podcast, my name is Monty and My guest today is Michele Scienza, who is owner or co-owner of the... Guadalmelo. Guado al Melo. Guado al Melo. It's an it's easy thing to say, but I always get that wrong in the Bolgheri region on the Tuscan coast. What is a Guado and what is a Melo? Guado
0: al Melo is the name of the, the place, so the whole the name of this place. Guado uh, is for... Fort? Yeah. And uh, at the apple tree, maybe because many, many years ago there was cultivated some apple tree in the area. The property is, uh, around the property we have a small river and in the small uh, area of this river we have this fort. So the name of this, this place is Guado
1: Almedo. So it's like, Guado is like a lookout post, isn't it? So uh, the idea is that the, this area, of the Tuscan coast, was invaded by the Spanish in the Middle Ages. So. Yes, absolutely.
0: Guadu is, is a common name here because normally we have the rain concentrated uh, in winter and, and in spring. Uh, so in summertime, normally the river are uh, without water and you can cross. Normally, the river. This is the reason because we have many guado because you can cross this ah. river in summertime with by the horses or. Okay, so it's a ford, or if
1: you a ford. ford. Ah, ford. not I got that. I thought it was a lookout town yeah. A guado, like a Guadare, yes. Ah, okay. The, the,
0: the word is guadare.
1: Okay, yes. so it's a it's a crossing point with, okay. without a bridge. So without a bridge, yeah. yeah. And so when the stream is low, the animals can cross. Yeah. Wild ones, yes, are also yes, yes, yes. Okay, and
0: normally you can. When
1: you with are your a horse. horse, yes, absolutely. Okay, where is your family from originally in Italy?
0: My family comes from Trentino, to Adige, okay, in part of Italy, uh, west part of Italy. We, we reached this area, Bulgaria, in almost 20 years ago because in uh, 1998, the, the year before my, my grandparents died. And I owned our estate in in south of Trentino because my family uh, in Trentino is a grape and wine producer since uh, three generations. But at that time my grandparents died in 1998 and uh, me and my father we decided to leave the estate because the estate was small. Our relationship, uh, me, my uncle and my father with his brother were not so easy yes uh, so we decided to leave and uh, we decided to, to went to Bulgaria because my father did many many studies about
1: Bulgaria terroir briefly uh, just who is your dad?
0: Um, my father is Artiglio Scienza and uh, he's a viticulture uh, professor the University of Milan and in 1993 uh, he gave the yeah, yeah. to study uh, he was the, given the job of studying yes,
1: yes. The, the Bulgaria Terroir. Yeah, From the the, the Bulgari consortium and from from the region Tuscany and, and so that was in 1993 or four. yeah yeah so that was but the study,
0: stu- the, for, the study from the study from was from 1994 the first vintage 1995 and it was uh, finished in 1996.
1: So this was when Bulgari um, changed the disciplinary. There was a no, change, wasn't there? Wasn't no, it when it began with Bulgari
0: the Bulgari free age. The first was before uh, 1983, uh, because before that time, uh, Bulgaria was a Vino da Tavola, only Vino da Tavola. Officially a Vino da tavola. Yes, absolutely. And it was funny because uh, in 1974, uh, the blind tasting in, in London was funny because Sassicaia, table wine from Italy, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, was the best, so, it was. Um, so in 1983, um, uh, the Bulgari w- uh, became a DOC, but only for the white and for the rosé because uh, Antinori uh, made uh, one of the most famous rosé in Italy uh, called Scalabrone uh, in the area um the uh, d o c for the Reds uh, come only in uh, nineteen ninety four uh, ninety uh, uh, six sorry um, and come because of this study right. uh, made by my father um, because um, ju- just because the study were made uh, to understand uh, the different soils in Bulgaria uh, in combination with mm, the five mainly uh, cultivated at that time red grapes.
1: so Some of most of those were Bordeaux grapes, weren't they? Yes,
0: but, but not only, because uh, Bulgaria uh, is uh, in Tuscany, and uh, before the. Um, uh, French grapes, uh, Bulgari was Sangiovese, uh, area was Canaiolo, was uh, Malvasia and uh, Colorino. So in the uh, DOC we, we have the possibility to make a, a wine uh, with uh, Sangiovese, less than 50%, no more than 50%, sorry. Uh, but we, we, we can do, we can do if you want. Um, so the, 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 the study was made on the five mainly cultivated grapes in, in the different, uh, soils, uh, just to understand, uh, in three vintages, different vintages, how was the, the best combination and how was the, the best grape or best combination of grapes. And, and, uh, the, the study finished in 1999 when, uh, DOC organization released the uh, Manuale Uso del Territorio, means a, a great book, guidebook for the yeah, region. In- yes, yes. In, in in this book you have all the information about. You come from I don't know uh, from Australia, and you would like to plant a vineyard in Baldri. So you 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 take this big book and you you analyze the piece of land that you brought, so you can understand uh, from from this book which kind of grape plants,
1: which rootstock to Choose absolutely.
0: Mm. How do you manage the, the canopy? How do you grow your grape without grass in the field?
1: Or so that's pretty unique in Italy, isn't it? It's actually a wine region basically says, Listen, if you want to come, and more people probably will come because of this famous absolutely. decanter tasting, <laughs> I think it was in '78, the success of Sassica, like If you're going to do that, these are the soils, and this is probably a good suggestion is this rootstock? If you want to do it, this I mean, that's pretty unheard of, isn't it? That kind of organization and that planning, in in order that. People that do come don't make expensive mistakes, and yeah. then make maybe not great wine, and yeah. and diminish the reputation of yeah. of Bulgari. I mean, That has to be unique in Italy.
0: Uh, yes, Probably Yes, is um, in France is uh, quite common, but absolutely not uh, not in Italy. But you know, Bolgheri is a small area. The people that founded the first group were producers with a big knowledge, so they decided to to have and to collect many. Information to improve the work and also to help the people yeah. to to make not too many mistakes. Yeah, for sure, you know, I mean, yeah. Uh, absolutely. This experience is is very good for the um, for the red. Actually, we don't have many experience
1: about why. It's in the region. In Bulgaria, as a well, whole, you mean? Also, also yeah.
0: in Bulgaria particularly because uh, you know um, outside um, outside Tuscany uh, the people think that Tuscany is a great region for the red wines but not for the white sometimes the problem is the grape yeah. uh, if you want to make a great wine here with the
1: Trebbiano probably you even on can... the best oil in the world you'll struggle to make no. a really kind of no, no. well if you want wine.
0: to make it a... it's not the problem is the problem is not related with the uh, Trebbiano because in Soa, in um, Lugana yeah. you can make great wines with uh, Trebbiano or Trebbiano. also in Abruzzo you can make great uh, white Trebbiano but you need uh, weather and soil condition totally different we have sandy and very light
1: soils here in this estate yes, yes. Uh, also in in mm-hmm. uh, normally we don't have a lot of clay. So, in your vineyard, you didn't yep. do the classic thing of planting, as far as I know, of planting, I don't know, 10 rows of Cabernet Sauvignon, 10 rows of Merlot, 10 rows of Cabernet <laughs> Franc. Explain to us how you and your father, you have planted your vineyards, because it's a very unique way of thinking.
0: We um, normally, our strat- strategy is uh, when we plant a new vineyard, we decide the manly grape, or the two manly grape or the three manly grapes, but we dedicate a part of this vineyard to plant such strange grapes, uh, not so common grapes. When you say um, strange, so you
1: mean foreign grapes? I mean um, yeah. like uh, unknown almost grapes? Yeah. yeah,
0: or not planted or not common for the border area or yeah. for
1: Italy also.
0: The idea behind uh, uh, the reason are two mainly. Uh, the first one is that the weather could
1: change climate change.
0: Absolutely. You need to be prepared. So the, the only way is to plants different grapes and to vinify separately we make every year almost 50 different vinification but small i mean micro yeah we vinify less than uh, 50 kilos of grapes every year we make this small vinification just to understand how this grape uh can, yeah, yeah absolutely for many different vintages because one vintage or two vintages sometimes they are not so enough to yeah. understand how a grape can grow or which kind of wine is produced. And the second reason is also the people could change the taste. When I studied at university and before in, in the Massa Michele, uh, Trentino, Gym. yes, the taste was absolutely
1: different from now. So cool fermented estuary whites, yes, primary fruit. Uh,
0: yes, and uh, white, uh, absolutely white, like uh, paper. <laughs> mm. uh, see very through. technology, yeah, see wines. technological white and uh, woody reds. Uh, absolutely, uh, absolutely concentrated and and big uh, muscle <laughs> So this is this was uh, the taste. The taste now is going to another direction completely. But if you have 20 hectares with two grapes or one grapes, this could be a problem because you cannot change your viticultural, or your analogy or your wines
1: uh, immediately. In, abso- absolutely. Environment, absolutely not. So tell us a little bit about some of the wines that you make. Let's start with the whites first. Do you make just single varietal wines? Like do you make a single varietal Chardonnay?
0: Uh, yeah, we have we have uh, Vermentino 100% because Vermentino is, now is very common, is a, is local, is a good grape. What
1: are its characteristics?
0: First of all, is a table grape, and this explains 100% of the characteristic of this grape and this wine. It uh, means that you have uh, low acidity, but also not high sugar. You can make uh, enjoyable, drinkable, fruity, and soft, uh, easy, soft and fruity. Yeah, absolutely, drink drinkable wines, but in, you cannot make a great white. A really complex uh, one. Absolutely not so this is the reason because was born in our uh, state another white more complex more powerful what's it called? Able to age what's it called it's called uh, kriseo. Kriseo. Kriseo means uh, from from the Greek word Criseos made by gold. gold and the idea behind is plants in a vineyard in a single vineyard small vineyard different kind of
1: grapes. To a mix of varieties. Yeah. It's a field blend. It's a field blend. So roughly how many different varieties have you got in there? Five different. Okay. Vermentino, Fiano,
0: Incorcio Manzoni, Verdicchio and Petit Manseng. Why with Vermentino these other four grapes? Because all these four grapes are able to age and they have great acidity, uh, great structure. The Fiano uh, you can drink after 20 years. and uh, they are no amazing yeah. absolutely and the verdicchio why not <laughs> and in Crocio Manzoni uh, in the blood as the Riesling so you can imagine and, and the, Pist- the, the Petit Manceng is an amazing grapes because uh, when ready to pick you can have uh, 26 uh, 27 bricks means 17
1: degrees of alcohol almost, potentially yeah. yeah but 10 acidity per it, liter. It, it's got a high manic Acid level hasn't it? That's that's the secret of dementia, And also
0: it? 2.98 pH mm-hmm. because the acidity is, is important for the taste. Uh, you you cannot feel the pH, but for the technology of the fermentation, the pH is absolutely important because if he, if you have a low pH, you have a, a great fermentation and also the the aging process is absolutely amazing and. Very very long
1: and is more easy uh, in terms of um, spoilage. So low, um, that just the pH, having the pH like that, means the wine has a has a high acid strength, and that that you know helps preserve. Yeah.
0: And but uh, if you want to have an enjoyable sensation from this this kind of wine, so with this kind of facility, the only way is to age uh, on the yeast for such a long time. So we after fermentation we leave for one
1: year. The wine on the east and we stir a couple of times every week. So that gives you a great combination of a wine that has that freshness from that acidity that you were talking about, and then that creamy, almost sort of creamy flavors that you, or textures that you get from the lees aging and lees stirring. So you have a lovely combination.
0: Yeah, because during the days that stay in the wine with this alcohol and, and this acidity, they, they, after fermentation, they, they broken. And this uh, means that they, they have
1: a wall around, you mean the yeast? Yes, the yeast,
0: uh, this wool, and this wool is made by Big sugar. So after staying with this acidity and this this alcohol in the wine, this wall broken, and you have in the wine is sugar, big sugar. This sugar in your mouth means creamy and sweetness, not sweet like
1: sugar. Yeah, properly. Um, it's a sweetening. It, it seems like sweetness, but it's yeah. not actually sugar. It's yeah. like I a mean, creaminess or yeah. So it's not like your sugar level goes up when the yeast. Absolutely yeah, not. It's just.
0: And you have also you have important. Effect on the technology because these polysaccharides help you to stabilize the
1: wine from the tartaric uh, precipitates.
0: So I don't need to st- make a stabilization. I don't need to add nothing chemical from outside. It is very natural. But you think just talking about natural? What everything? Ne- every- I, I need time. The only problem is if, if you have want to have this process, you need time. You, That's you need one it. year in tank. So
1: means time means sometimes
0: money. <laughs> what, what's
1: interesting about what you're saying is you you know you and your father. I mean, your father's probably the most famous. Wines. Well, he is the most famous wine scientist in Italy, and obviously um, he's part of the winery as well. Um, I don't want to be too rude about natural wine, but everything that you've explained to me in terms of you have a slightly unconventional vineyard Mm -hmm. because you've mixed grape varieties. Um, You pick it, I guess, normally and ferment it fairly normally. But what you're saying is with patience, with healthy grapes that are in balance, that are picked well and not hurt at all, nice fermentation, all the rest of it, with a bit of science behind it, you can actually make a wine with really little or no intervention. Yes, absolutely. Okay, and which is clean, the which, the is, sci- which is clean. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then the science and the, and the knowledge, if you use well, they help you to make very sustainable wine in terms of production, but also in terms of uh, additives. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Really absolutely. Or, or because you if think.
1: you know what's happened. At each step, and you know you're already a step ahead. You know what's going to happen. You say, yeah. right? I know if I leave the wine like this yeah. for X weeks yeah. or months, yeah. I'll have to do this and have a little bit of patience. Okay, yeah. that was that wine. Let's let's. Um, that was a great story. <laughs> let's let's talk about another wine. Go on.
0: We have also another wine, strange strange wine like the
1: Criseo. Uh, this is uh, Giassarte. Giassarte. So what does that mean? This is a river. Was this yeah. the ford? Uh, no. Okay. Now <laughs> <laughs> no, this is
0: a river. Is Actually, is in the south of Cusio. Kazakhstan. Oh, Kazakhstan. Yeah. Aha. Uh-huh. So, and why is that important? Uh, it's, it's important because for Herodotus, for historical Herodotum,
1: this river was the limit between Asia and Europe. So it was Europe. the fr- like a, it was like a frontier, wasn't it? Between, yeah. Yeah. Between yeah. cultures and absolutely way of eating and even weather. Yeah. So it was real. Okay. Yeah. So it was that boundary. And
0: also because. Um, Many grapes come from from Asia. We would like to call this wine Jasarte because of this history behind the viticulture and the analogy and, and
1: this is the reason because
0: we call this wine Jasarte.
1: So what's and the blend? Uh, thirty grapes. Thirty. Yeah, from a single vineyard. And they're all co- like the planted together, complanted. Yes,
0: they are complanted. It means that we we have thirty ropes and uh, each row is another grapes, different um, grapes. Yeah. yeah, different grapes. We don't vinify. If I, we don't pick all the grapes at the same time, but uh, we harvest normally in seven different uh, vintages. Seven different times. Yeah. Right? We make seven different fermentation, co-fermentation. And then at the end, the wine is, the seven wines, they are aged for a couple of years. So then they're blended. You
1: have, you have seven different lots, and yeah. then they're blended. No. They're kept apart. They age separately as yeah. well. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. The
0: blend so, yeah. is only at the end of the aging process. We cannot harvest at the same time, simply because in the white you have only two dimension because you have the acidity and the sugar, but in the red you have also the polyphenols, dimension. so it, it, they are very important as a component of the taste of the of a red wine. So you, you cannot harvest at the same times so different grapes, because otherwise I taste it like wine made harvest at the same time, because in if you go in Douro Valley, they make uh, Um, wines with 80 90 different grapes from a single vineyard the wine are absolutely amazing the only problem is that they are not so fine so elegant so my my idea was to separate and to harvest the grape when they are ready to make these seven different wines and then blend to have to have uh, a wine more definito, more... Yeah,
1: with more definition. Yes.
0: What would you drink with that? Beer. Pair, you mean? Well, it depends. It depends on the vintage. Okay. Because sometimes you can have just uh, started, very powerful. The last vintages, they are very concentrated. Because of the climate? Yes, absolutely. But what is fun is that you have great concentration, but the wine is still balanced because of the acidity. Because the different vintages, uh, the different... Uh, uh, grapes uh, have um, uh, really different uh, reaction to the weather, uh, to the
1: climate change. So you're studying that as well, though, aren't you? That's that's what yeah. you're doing. Yeah. With, with your father yeah. so what I mean in terms of the effects just to segue a little bit in terms of the effects of climate change I mean if, if I'm a, a wine grower just say I've, I want some money okay. and I want to plant a vineyard okay. somewhere in somewhere warm south of France Spain wherever what would your advice to me be your tip which
0: kind of grapes you mean
1: yeah I'm going to plant just a normal like uh, some white wine varieties and some red oh, wine oh you can, yeah, can plant white or red yeah but I'm, am I going to be it doesn't be plant- matter
0: it depends on which kind of grapes so, yeah am I
1: going to be planting Chardonnay and Merlot normally
0: you must uh, choose grapes normally that are late later uh, ripening are, yes. uh, the Merlot was created not but selected because it's very early because you can uh, normally it's ready very early and in the Bordeaux area we are in Bordeaux we are 1,200 kilometer in north of Bulgaria so the weather is not Mediterranean you need grapes that is ready when the weather is still good otherwise you can have problem with health and and the grape maybe is not so good to to harvest so the Merlot is perfect for Bordeaux. we don't have too much Merlot in in my state because is maybe is too hot for, for Merlot. It depends. The only area I mean, in Bulgaria where the Merlot is, is very good is in Macedo, but they have very unique combination of soil. The soil is very clay. It's mm-hmm. like Petrus. So. So they, they can make a great Merlot. And the other area, probably they are not so great for Merlot. And the Chardonnay is the same problem. So is is a great from Burgundy.
1: But are your fellow growers in, in Bulgaria, obviously they, you know, you're a famous family on the scientific academic side for sure. And obviously you've got your your, your vineyard, which is also, it's very beautiful. It's a very diverse when you walk around. You're not looking at rows and rows of vines. Um, you're looking at um, garden, trees. Like a garden. Yeah like right. A, Trees uh, and lavender plants yeah. all over the place. Do they think you're a little bit crazy, or do they realise that obviously you're very scientific? I mean, we're coming from a famous science-based wine family. Are they curious? Do they do they say, you know, I I want to copy what you're doing with your lavender? And, and do they do that, or do they just not have a lot of contact? No, no, we have we have contact, yeah. absolutely. But I don't think you're like the crazy the crazy scientists, you know. The no, <laughs> no, we have we have contact,
0: We have many contacts. We have uh, we are also very open. If we have people producers in. The area, we, we have had producers from the area that came in the past when they decided to, to make, for example, uh, white. They came and they tasted the different grapes from the vineyard and they tasted the different uh, small vinification just to understand which was the best combination not only the the best grape but the the, the best combination of white grapes to have very good uh, white wine. Yes, absolutely. What is very unique is the combination between is the concept of terroir. You cannot, you cannot copy. Is the unique combination between one weather, one soil one one maker the grape or the combination of grapes this is unique mm. the wine made by Shinza family is unique i am not worried about imitation or because yeah, we hard to imitate, isn't it? Yeah, because this is... Uh, you remember in the past, uh, in Florence, uh, Leonardo teach to many different uh, students of... how... I'm not Leonardo,
1: no.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> be careful, but uh, it's just to understand... Yeah, yeah this is what I so, do,
1: if you want to yeah, take, take some lessons. Because...
0: Um, you you have a grape uh, you taste the grape and you, your taste the taste of the, the winemaker is unique you taste the wine during the fermentation or during the vinification normally this is your taste and you you take the decision with your brain with your taste so it's unique okay so let's talk about the, the reds the, the Sarte, okay uh, we have other three
1: reds okay let's Red. do them one by let's do them one <laughs> by one
0: the more easy wine um produced by Guadalmelo is called Bacco in Toscana. This wine is dedicated to a poem right by Francesco Redi called Bacco in Toscana. Francesco Redi was a, is a funny man because he was a, a scientist, but also an artist.
1: Michelangelo was the same, yeah? Scientist and yeah. artist. Yeah. <laughs> At that time it was normal. <laughs> yes. Now we
0: are only one thing. We drink one grape, a uh, Molotov- single Bonavari. grape. Yeah. <laughs> we have one 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 but the the people can do many things and they can taste many things and then in the Bacco in Toscana is this poem and in this poem Francesco Redi imagined that Bacco, Bacco is Bacchus the god of the grape traveling around Tuscany and tasting different wines different grapes and on the label you find uh, the, the word "bumba baba" because "bumba baba" was uh, uh, dance danced in Florence in the middle of 17th century. When he was writing, when Reddy really was writing,
1: yeah. yeah, interesting. He was was,
0: all... was writing uh, in 1742. So the next one, and then we have uh, the um, "rute". Mm. How, do you, uh, how do you spell that "rute"? "Rute" is R
1: U T E R U T What's the blend?
0: The name, the name before, <laughs> yeah, because the name is the uh, red, the color for the track. Population.
1: Because it was an Etruscan word? Yeah. Okay. It's an Etruscan word,
0: yeah. And it's a blend of mainly Cabernet Sauvignon, 80% almost, and the rest is Merlot. Aged for 15 months in barrique. It depends on the vintage, it depends on the year, but more or less 15 months.
1: How long, when you, in a normal vintage, you make that wine, how long does it take to come round as a, to, to be drinkable? You, do you need to wait 20 years? or was no. it
0: I want to tell a, a nice story, because uh, 20, more than 20 years ago, when, when I, came to Bolgheri. I did my first vintage as practical uh, in uh, sorry in Camarcanda Gaia estate uh, which is Bolgheri. My, my experience before was in, uh, in Trentino was in uh, Piemonte and uh, at the end of 20 days in Camarcanda estate we have had uh, the first uh, vinatura
1: when you take the grape uh, skins out of the red grape skins out of the, the tank and just collect the wine and press the skins
0: yeah and then you we tasted the the wine. For me, was was strange because after Nebbiolo, Galliopo, Aglianico you can imagine a wine from Bolgheri that was after fermentation, drinkable, enjoyable, smooth tannins was absolutely outstanding, impossible. The question is, yes, the wine is drinkable just after fermentation, but the aging? The aging is is possible because the aging process is not related only with polyphenols, but is related with the balance of acidity. If you think that some whites can age for many years without polyphenols, also red without big polyphenols can age for many years. Bulgari has a great balance in the acidity because of the soil, because of the weather, because this difference between night and day temperature, we preserve a lot of the acidity and this acidity, good acidity and low pH allow us to have wine that can age for many years without being undrinkable when they are young. Where you does
1: know, the cold air come from? From sea. Okay, and because we are three
0: kilometers from the sea, mm-hmm. and the mountains. The mountains are very close too, but the the sea, the region, or this wind. this wind for
1: for the cool. cool yeah. So you get, so basically in the evening you get cool cool yeah. air coming in from the yeah. sea, and it sits in Bulgaria, and then obviously during the day it gets burnt off, and then again the next the next night. Yes. the cold air yeah. rolls yeah. in.
0: Consider that we have 30. Normally, also the day temperature is not so high. If you have in Montalcino 35, 37. And we have 33 during the day. But during the night, we have 15,
1: 16. So, so what effect does that have on the chemistry of, the, of either white wine grapes or <laughs> red wine grapes in terms of aromas and tannins?
0: You have a, a very progressive and very slow accumulation of polyphenols, and you lose not too much acidity. You lose, you don't lose a lot of flour. So you, you have even you are in the Mediterranean weather, you have fresh. Potential Fresh wines, not... Fresh tasting yes. wines. Yes, yeah. crisp tasting wines. Then yeah. you, you can wait longer and you can harvest uh, more and then you have powerful wines. You can do what you want. More, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a climate <laughs> that gives you a macro. Yes. gives you flexibility. Yes, absolutely. Th- then you can decide on what you want to do. But, uh, you have this possibility. And it, this is unique because if you go to Suvereto, is maybe 25 minutes from here in South, they don't have the same because they don't have the influence from the sea. Because they've got a, hill, a row of hills
1: haven't they? Yeah. that sort of blocks that sea air a little bit.
0: Also the soil are very powerful with a lot of clay, so normally the wine, they are more powerful, more concentrated, more tannic, and they need a lot of time to age.
1: So you're saying that, is that one of the reasons why Bulgari has been so successful, that you can make these wines big in terms of, I don't want to say structure, but in terms of mouthfeel should we say, but they're not raspingly tannic, they're actually very yes. smooth when they're young. Because
0: in our culture in Italy, normally we use wine during eating so normally the tannins combine with the protein in the food and you don't feel nothing or maybe is is also is enjoyable is nice Mm -hmm. because the wine help you to to eat To, to digest yes absolutely but you know we produce wine also to export and we go and we explain our wine to other culture and in other culture also they they drink wine outside lunch or the dinner so at that time you need to drink wine not so tannic or acid otherwise the sensation could be not so nice so this is the reason I think that Bulgari did success yes absolutely for the Bulgari also because behind Bulgari there are great family producers and uh, the Antinori and the Sassicaia and Nornelaya so those people invest many Money and they have in there and promoting made, the region, yeah, and, and they also they have many, many, a they, lot of knowledge. Have, this is the reason behind successful wine. You need also the quality, yeah. and maybe the, the quality of this wine is related with this kind of. Yeah. Also, fun. also because you know the Sangiovese was a common grape before 1950. Here, the idea was maybe, uh, yeah, the Sangiovese is common, but we need something different because we need that. The people speak about Bolgheri, and also the Sangiovese is a difficult grape. It's a great grape, but the problem is that it's very Italian. So great combination of acidity and tannins, and it's not so easy to understand a wine with this kind of combination. The, the success of Super Tuscan's were blend of Sangiovese and Merlot, because Merlot is more smooth. The acidity is low, so the Sangiovese with Merlot is more enjoyable or cab or you can put Syrah or what you want so this is the the idea and also the aging process because the idea behind the Super Tuscan were the the use of small wood the small wood oak barrels yes increased the rating of the polymerization process the polymerization process of the tannins means. what what does that mean? means that when the tannins are very small they are very aggressive. If you drink a red wine, young red wine, the sensation in your mouth is it yeah, makes sure your mouth feel dry this is because the tannin the small tannins in the red wine combine with the protein in your mouth and the sensation is drying yes because the protein make the lubrification of your tongue so your tongue yeah, yeah. the polymerization process make these small tannins aggressive mm-hmm. bigger because uh, they link together with the help of, of oxygen and when the tannin are big they are sweet smoother yeah they are not so aggressive so uh the small uh, barrel
1: small barrel aging helps yes
0: yeah. help to have a lot of oxygen from from outside to to the wine and you increase the ratio of the uh, polymerization so at the end a uh, sangiovese acid and tannic after a couple of years in Barrick is smooth, is very drinkable, and this is the the idea behind the Super Tuscan
1: okay, yeah. also, yeah. and the aging also. The, the idea that these, these tannins are like yes. single parts of a chain, yeah. and then they all get joined up, and it's yeah. it's smooth, uh, smoother. Yeah, to because
0: the 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 idea is because if you want to introduce your grapes and your wines, I mean, from Italy, that come from another kind of culture and another kind of views in in different culture, the wine must. A little bit change. You cannot make the same wine with the same characteristic as in Italy and you put Absolutely to, I don't know, China or England or US because the people, they are not prepared
1: to understand this kind of, uh, you know, taste. Do you think tastes are changing though? I mean, obviously, there has been an era, some of those wines, not yours, but were quite sort of a little bit too oaky and big and now everything seems to be calming down that the sort of super yes, Tuscan, absolutely much easier drinking, yeah. less yeah, sort absolutely. of trophy wines.
0: Absolutely, because the people that started to drink maybe 20 years ago, they, they are, now they are they have more knowledge because normally you start when you start to drink the wine you start with the sweet sensation so sweet wines because the sweet is your first sensation when you you're born because the milk from your mother is sweet so when you start to drink you start to drink the moscato dusting, for example, for a great pasito or something yeah, like that. Then after sometimes, I don't know how much but it when depends. You bit old, yeah. Old, you? you need other sensations so you are prepared for maybe for more acidity or maybe not tannins but acidity then you need the tannins and then you know and this is the process so this is the process and uh, this is normal also we in Italy we, we in 1990 around 1990 we produced this kind of wine with a lot of oak sensation just because at that time we we, we sell the wine to U.S. and the people in U.S. at the time they came from whiskey, so whiskey mm-hmm. is without it's acidity, bourbon. yeah, mm-hmm. but with a lot of wood. Mm-hmm. So the idea was to produce a wine, like alcoholic, a stepping powerful, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now the people uh, after 20 years they are they 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 drink for. Tw- these 20 years Mm -hmm. so they need other tastes maybe more soft more elegant more you know
1: but that's not the reason why you're doing your your white wines that are um, made in this quote old fashioned style with the um, vineyards that have been interplanted you're doing that for other reasons as well I mean you're the recent trend, I suppose, is natural wine, where you've got yeah. you know, amphora wines and no, things no, no, like that. No, no. So you're doing it to look ahead, as you said earlier on about climate change and the fact that we probably are gonna to have to change the great varieties we have in our vineyards and the way that those wines are started. But
0: you know, what, what I need is a small producer like me. Normally I, I do this, this kind of, I have this this idea. So customers and the producer, they go in two streets. And uh, the big producer, they, they drive, on this street and this street with the customer is very close to because they don't have time to explain Mm. the difference between the normal taste normal inverted commas yeah yeah. and is idea behind the wine that they they produce yes you have to keep it simple yeah i have time and Mm. this is my value Mm to go to the people and to explain why I make this wine with this kind of taste or this kind of combination of acidity or tannins or what you want. So I'm not so close to the, the customer. I don't need to be very close to the
1: Customer taste because I can explain. that yeah, you can hand sell. Yes, absolutely. And you have a, and then you have a story to tell as well. Yeah. So we got one more wine to talk about. Ah, we have the
0: Atis. Absolutely.
1: Atis is A T E S. A T E S. Yeah. And what's that made from?
0: this name is, uh, is the name of uh, king. a uh, he, w- he was an Etruscan king. In fact, this is a nice history because uh, Atis was this king because many many years ago the the historical thing that thought that the Etruscan population come from um, Lydia from Asia from uh, Turkey and they they came from, from that area to the Tyrrhenian coast. Now we, we, we know not me but the archaeological know that is a Totten population. It's a, it's a local population. Yes. Uh, but the history is that um, Maybe 4,000 years ago, uh, in Lydia, this region of Turkey, there was the situation was very bad. So they, they didn't have uh, nothing to eat. So the, um, the king decided to divide the population into two groups and send one group to the Tyrrhenian coast and uh, the man who drive this group was called Tirreno. So this is the, the reason because our sea is called Mare Tirreno. The Tyrrhenian yes. yes.
1: Um, Left-hand side of Italy, just for anybody that <laughs> yes. doesn't know where it is. And and, so. and and the father of Tirreno was Atis. So okay. This is so the... what do you drink that with, then Atis? Ah, you can
0: you can pair many, many many things. When when he's young, you can pair with uh, powerful also powerful food. Marema is a strange place, Bulgaria is a strange place because we are five kilometers from the sea, but we don't have culture about seafood because after the Etruscan population, the Etruscan population worked a lot to dry the area because the, the, the area was very humid, very swampy. Absolutely. So the Etruscan work a lot and they they absolutely dry the area and many area around Bulgaria were cultivated, but more than 2,000 two, uh, years ago. After, at the time unfortunately the soils Became again humid, and only uh, at the end of 18th century, Lorena the family plants the pine very close to the sea and started to dry the, the soils.
1: Pine trees, yeah.
0: yeah. In that area, close to the sea, there was not people that live, so we don't have sea seafood. Uh, Absolutely not. We eat wild boar. We eat a lot of uh, things that come from from the, the forest, the yeah. land. Yeah. You know, so you can pair artists with uh, wild boar why not and
1: maybe it's more up- a better match <laughs> yes,
0: absolutely <laughs> for the area absolutely
1: okay I'd like to say thanks to my guest Michele Shensa for Thank telling you. us a little bit about the or lot in fact about the um, history and also the very interesting wines uh, that he makes um, at Almelo. Um, I love the idea of these um, sort of orangey white wines that are technically pristine but they're very very characterful very, uh, they're really really stimulating wines one of the most stimulating wines I think oh, Tried uh, in quite a while, if I'm being honest. Really, really interesting texturally, also the color as well, very brilliant colors. Yeah, Yeah, real eye opener for me. You you say, right, Monty, you're going to go to two absolute nerdy scientists (laughs) and you're going to try their wine. Oh, it's going to be cool, fermented, (laughs) estuary, you know, that kind of thing. Absolutely not that, uh, not the case. And um, I also love the fact that you've everything you've done, and so your father as well, Attilio, who's obviously well known scientist, is grounded in the past. It's like, but not looking backwards nostalgically, but looking to the past for the good ideas that that existed I think it's so important that we remember where we've come from we're going to a really dangerous place I think in terms of climate change and all the rest of it we've got to be a little bit more cognizant of where we went wrong in the past and what we got right in the past and your wines are a real uh, example to me of taking the best of the past and the best of the modern and making wines of real character and really high quality so well done to you well done to your dad and um, it's been absolutely fascinating talking to you and a uh, great guy got a great sense of humour Really so friendly, much. and um, yeah, hopefully well, we'll see each other again. We'll do another chat sometime. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Thanks. a lot. Thanks. Grazie. Thanks a lot. Grazie. Super duper. This podcast has been brought to you by Native Grape Odyssey, discovering the true essence of high-quality wine from Europe. Find out more on nativegrapeodyssey.eu. Enjoy, it's from Europe.
0: Follow Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook and Instagram.